Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, hi there. We are back, and it is great to be with you this morning, or whenever you're listening to this. Um, we have been on the sea, not on the road, um, and we've had a great time learning about our subject today, marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. <laughs> How many of you remember that line from our favorite movie, The Princess Bride? <laughs> oh, man, we can never forget that. We shouldn't have watched that again. We haven't watched it we for a while. We watch it again. Our kids mostly know know the whole dialogue by rote memory. Yeah, they, we can just call them and have them tell they it. They can to. carry on a whole conversation just by <laughs> quoting lines from The Princess Bride. But, hey, Linda, I did want to say before we get into the topic of marriage today, we, we like the fact that we're, we're in a new time slot. Our, our Ayers on the Road now comes on on weekends, on Saturday and on Sunday. And I think the reason I like that, Linda, I haven't mentioned this to you, but most parenting these days is done on weekends. I mean, more than anything else, that's the time we have with our kids. That's the time we're mostly with them. And probably most couples are together more often on weekends than they are on weekdays. So why not have our show on the weekends? I guess that's right, except in the fall the kids would be out raking the leaves. That would be nice, though. They could be out raking the leaves or shoveling the (laughs) snow, and the parents could just be listening to the radio. (laughs) Well, we do appreciate BYU Radio, and... And we also appreciate BYURadio.org, the website. And if, if any of you listeners haven't visited the website, you should go on there because it's the perfect enhancement to the programs that are on the air, particularly to ours, because you can go to our show. You just go to BYU.org, click on Ayers on the Road, and it will give you not only the archives of the shows, but a little summary of each one. So if you missed one, you can decide whether it's just by reading a little thumbnail sketch, whether it's something you want to play on your computer. And it also shows links to our other things that we're doing that are sort of an enhancement to the show. In other words, today we're talking on marriage, but if you're looking at BYU.org, you'll see a couple of links to a YouTube channel where we talk a little more about marriage and where you can actually... See, Linda, a lot of people like to just go see you, Linda. They, yeah, they'd right, rather, for sure. They're, they're, when they're listening to you, they'd like to see you. And then there's also a link to a couple of recent articles we've written about marriage. So we're going to try to to have it every week so that if you listen to the show on the radio and you want follow-up or you want additional information on whatever topic we covered that week, you can just go to byuradio.org, click on our show, and then there will be the links to other things that might serve as an enhancement. And, Linda, that's the way the world works these days is by links. You know, you can go as far as you want into anything you want to go into. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I was just writing about that this morning. We are talking about being in touch with grandchildren. And, boy, is that the best way to do it when your grandchildren aren't around. It's oh. just a whole new world. You've got it. Linda's got some cute little grandchildren pen pals that just write 
emails back and forth, and it's hilarious to read it. I'll tell you, one of the one of the things we don't appreciate enough about we're getting to marriage in a minute, folks, but we're on grandparenting here for just a sec. One thing we don't realize and appreciate enough is how entertaining grandkids are. They <laughs> they'll are. Keep, they'll keep you laughing, especially when you can just see a YouTube video of them, or Skype with them, or FaceTime with them, or text with them or whatever they're just a barrel of monkeys they are i'll never forget our little four-year-old our oldest grandson no the second oldest grandson um his mom was giving him a peanut butter sandwich for lunch and and she he just dawdled along wasn't eating it and he said she said listen ashton here's your chocolate chip cookie if you don't finish that sandwich, I am going to be really tempted to eat that chocolate chip cookie. And he looked right back at her and said, oh, Mom, you won't eat my cookie. Just believe in yourself. And, you know, <laughs> what you made just, you think of that? <laughs> I, just thinking about cute things grandkids oh. say. I mean, it really is amazing what they come up with. And our problem is we don't write them down often enough because they just pop out with these wonderful things. Anyway, on to marriage. Um, we have just been on a cruise of the Southern Caribbean with a lot of people that have been married a long time. And it has been an eye-opening experience as well as we'll come to a story in a little bit um, of a little guide that we got to know on St. Lucia that was pretty had a pretty amazing story about marriage. But marriage is one of the great joys and one of the hardest things of life, right? Well, yeah, and I, I'm glad you brought that up, Linda. We should have called the, the show today instead of ours on the road, like you said, ours on the seas. And we, we had the and one of the fun things about going on a cruise where we're presenting marriage and parenting topics is that you've got a lot of time with people. I mean, a lot of times we'll go out and give a speech, and, and it's nice, and we enjoy it, and, and hopefully the audience enjoys it, but then everybody goes home, and that's the end of it. On a cruise, you don't go home. You just go back to your room, and then you show up at breakfast the next morning, and you can continue the discussion, whatever it is. So we quite enjoy these. In fact, we're doing a couple more. If any, if any of you are interested in that kind of sort of sea-bound forum about marriage and parenting and family. And grandparenting especially, because most of those were grandparents. Yeah, we talked a lot about grandparenting, a lot about marriage, a lot about empty nest parenting and so on. And if you're interested, we, we, we're going to do a couple more of them. One is in um, September, thinking out a little ways, and it's to the Mediterranean and the Greek islands and, and Italy. And that'll be fun. And then, and then one a year from now in January of 2016 uh, to Australia and Fiji. So if anyone's interested, that's a pretty good place to hang out and talk about your family. Just go to funforlesstours.com and you should be able to find those. Anyway, back to the point. We talked a lot on the on this cruise about marriage, so it's really on our mind. And one of the first questions we asked. Well, to this interesting group of, uh, of, of uh, our audience there on the ship was, how do you measure your marriage? How do you determine whether you're doing okay? How do you, you know, how do you decide whether you're getting an A, a B, a C, a D, or an F in your marriage so far? And and my answer for that was just ask your spouse. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the simplest way. But if you're if you're trying to evaluate it, and it was interesting, some of the folks said, "Well, you know, I guess by how united you are on things, and how, 
and how much you agree and, and how seldom you disagree. And I was kind of with them until they said that last part about how seldom you disagree, because that, that implies that a great marriage is one where the parties never, ever disagree or never, ever argue or never, ever have any differences of opinion. And I, uh, Linda, I'm not sure that kind of marriage exists. And if it does, it sounds very boring to me. I know it does. I mean, really, there are a lot of people that have a lot simpler marriages than we do, honey. Um, boring, we boring. Everything, everything, <laughs> everything we do is different because, you know, Richard's, uh, I'm a rule keeper. Richard likes to just, I'm not saying you're a rule breaker, honey, but you like to, uh, how should we say it, walk around the No, room. let's say it. I, I think some rules are, are, are not worth obeying, but they're silly little things. I obey the important rules, Linda, come on. Well, that's true, but sometimes <laughs> I think they're more important than you do. What is this, true confessions? What are we doing here? We're talking about marriage. <laughs> And it really is a hard deal, although it brings so much joy. We we had people there on the cruise who'd been married 50, 60 years. We did. Huh? We were we were like babes in the woods. They taught to us a lot. Um, it was pretty pretty interesting, and some blended marriages. Um, and the thing that I found most interesting was that, you know, when we first saw those people in the lobby of the hotel before we took off, we just thought, oh, my gosh, you know, here's just a lot of people that we don't know. And by the end of the cruise, because we'd spent so much time with them, not only in classes but on the road, you know, uh, touring and so on, we had learned the most remarkable stories from these people who were totally dedicated to their spouse, no matter what happened, um, even though some of them had spouses that were failing or had died and, and they had remarried. It was it was quite an inspiration to see. It made me think of humans in New York. I don't know how many of you are into humans in New York, uh, but they have a, a Instagram that they do every single day on somebody that they met on the street in New York, and every single one of them has such a fascinating story. They may look strange. They may look, you know, uh, like somebody you may not want to know. By the time you uh, talk to them for a little bit, you realize that they are just magnificent people because of what they've been through. So wait, so you're saying we first met all the people on the cruise, and we we thought that they were we thought that they were weird, well, we and then we got them. to know them better, no. and, we, and they started looking better to us. No, they we just didn't know them, you know, and you realize that everybody has a story. Everybody has no, a story, and especially when it comes to marriage. Yeah, well, let me let me take it a little different direction, because back to the thing of how do you measure your marriage for a minute. Um, well, let me tell you a little story. Many years ago, I was on an airplane, and I happened to sit by a guy who was really interesting. We got a little conversation, and he told me he was a he'd been a marriage counselor. He was British. He said, "I've been a marriage counselor in England for forty years." And we were talking about that, and and then all of a sudden he popped up and said, "I, you know, I've found three kinds of marriages that are conflict free. I mean, they they have no disagreements. They 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 never have a fight or an argument." And I said, "Really, three different kinds of marriages that never have a conflict?" He said, "Yeah." So I get out my notebook and my pencil, and I'm like, what are they, man? And he's, 
He's like, well, uh, the first of the three is when either the husband or the wife is dead. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I hadn't noticed he had a Not sense of guy. humor till that point. He was kind of a droll British fellow, but I, I still had hopes for the other two. I said, well, what are the other two types where, where they never have a disagreement? And he said, well... One is uh, another type where the second type where they never have a disagreement is where one of the two, either the husband or the wife, is totally dominant, totally domineering, and the other one is a total doormat. And they never disagree because one person just says what it is and the other one just goes along. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that, that's, that's, that's even worse than the first kind where one of you is dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, but I still had hopes for the third one. I, he said, well, the third type is much getting more and more common in today's busy world. And that's where um, the two people are married sort of for convenience, but they're on such separate tracks. I mean, they got their own individual career and interests and so on. And they never overlap enough to have a disagreement. They just each do their own thing. And they they don't they don't share enough to have a disagreement. I thought, I thought, what, are you kidding me? Those are the. He said, I'm serious. Those, in my experience, those are the only three kinds of marriage where you don't have disagreement. And I said to myself, right, this is a lot of years ago. I said to myself, well, maybe a little disagreement now and then is not so bad. And when you think about it, Linda, most of the growth, a lot of the growth that comes in a marriage is when you when you really analyze it it's through it's through whatever way that you're different from each other and you resolve you learn together you 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 adopt some of what each other does you you grow together you get this synergy and it's not about cloning yourselves it's not about being the same person and and so if you're going to if you're going to measure your marriage by conflict don't measure it by whether you ever have a conflict or a disagreement. Measure it by how you resolve them, how you right. come together, how you how you make it a constructive thing. So we're going to go to a little break right now, and we're going to come back to the second half and talk about some specific things that have really worked for us that we hope might work for you. Be right back. Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. And before we leave that topic we ended on, Linda, I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, again, it's not about whether you disagree, it's how you resolve those disagreements. And it's amazing how often we run into young couples who are worried about their marriage because they're having, a, you know, an argument now and then or a disagreement, and they'll say something like, Oh, it's, I feel so bad because my parents never disagreed or argued. And, and here we're having these, sometimes we don't always agree on things. And we always say, oh, yes, your parents did. They just hid it from you. And, and you know, it's not, it's not an altogether great idea. I mean, it sounds great. Never let your children see you have a disagreement. But it's a little disingenuous in a way, and it may end up, being harmful to your kids if they grew up thinking you never disagreed. That, that's kind of inaccurate, and it may affect them later in their own marriages. So what we always say is, you know, it's okay if your kids see that you're each individual people with individual opinion. And, and you know, it's even okay if they see a disagreement now and again, hopefully not a violent one or a, 
a disrespectful one or, a, you know, a, one that involves a lot of anger. But, but it's equally important that they see you resolve that argument. And, and if they don't see it, reenact it for them and say, kids, look, you know, we had a disagreement the other day. We got it worked out. Here's what happened. And let them see that disagreements can be resolved and that you can grow and get stronger from them. You know, this is a little bit of an aside because we are going to talk about some specifics of how to get through disagreements. Well, but, and how to just how to have a better partnership. Right. Um, but I do have to say, I'm sitting here looking at a picture of our youngest daughter who just got married in October with her darling husband, and it's their wedding picture, and they look so happy. But the, she was 28 and he was 30, so they had some pretty specific things that they disagreed on. <laughs> <laughs> and it, oh boy, did they ever? We uh, didn't. We didn't know if that was ever going to work. I'm sure that they are working it out. I mean, the great thing is they're totally committed. They're going to work it out. Um, and I had to laugh one afternoon. Um, Charity was telling me something about it was just driving her crazy because he's such a detail guy and he just takes so much so long to do things that should be you know take one minute because that's the way she works. And then she kind of stopped and then she said, oh. We've agreed not to talk to you guys about our problems. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. That I mean, unless is. it's serious, you know, unless it's really something that um, they're not going to resolve, yeah. then it really is a good idea to well, you, keep it to yourself. You, you mentioned the very first thing that I wanted to mention, Liv, about, you know, the keys to a, a strong marriage. The first one is commitment. I mean, that is that is the bottom line. That's what's lacking in so many unions, quote unquote, in today's world where people are just cohabitating or whatever. And it's sort of conditional. It's sort of a trial basis. Without commitment, it's it's really impossible to get through real life. And, and with commitment, with a total commitment, and by the way, we know a lot of couples that renew their vows every couple of years just you know and, and that that happens a lot where you'll they'll actually go to a church or something and renew their vows we're, we're not necessarily advocating that but the point is if the commitment is total and strong and if both par- partners know that it is then you can get through a lot of tough times because there's never an option to split up or separate or whatever the it's just a matter of how we're going to work this out because we are totally committed forever so so mark down commitment is number 1 and and number 2 if we stay with c's the the second c is communication obviously but but one of the things we've found that uh, I want you to picture this in your mind two people trying to draw closer to each other. Picture it as a little drawing, and here's here's husband and here's wife, and they're trying to draw closer and closer to each other. But one of the great visual things, I think, is imagine that it, instead of a two-way partnership, it's a three-way partnership, and the third partner is God, and make it a triangle with God at the top, and then here's the husband and here's the wife. And notice that as each, the husband and the wife, moves up the side of the triangle getting closer to God, what's happening is they're also drawing closer and closer to each other. Picture that in your mind. And a big part of communication, believe it or not, and people don't often think of it in this context, is prayer. Praying together as a couple makes an enormous difference, not only because it involves God and spiritual help, but because it's a it's, prayer is a marvelous form of communication that brings a husband and wife 
closer and closer together. And and one other quick thing on communication. Um, it's all about listening, and we all know that. But it's so much easier to say than to do. But a lot of couples have learned that if, when they're having a discussion, if they will repeat what the other person said, especially if there's a little conflict going on or a little difference, before you make your next point, which is what you're trying to do, have a little ground rule that you repeat or paraphrase back what the other person has just said before you make your point. And suddenly then you're listening, and suddenly then you're really communicating instead of just trying to get to, to your well, side of the of the deal. Well, unless you're me, and I I can repeat what you said, but then I have to add, but don't you see how silly that is? <laughs> no, you don't. You used to do that, but you're really good at it now. No, I'm, I'm pretty combative, but I do have to say that the guy who married us, the man who married us, and we adore him, we're not saying anything bad about him, but he gave, him some, he gave us some really bad advice when he got married, and that is never go to sleep on an argument. Work never let the it. sun set on a disagreement. It wasn't bad advice. It was just impractical. Well, it was bad for us because we are both so strong-willed that it is just absolutely crazy what we did to comply with that. I mean, we were up all night sometimes, and we we're so exhausted. By the time it just it spiraled down and spiraled down because it just got worse and worse and more and more tired we got. So we have just realized in the last few years that the very best thing you can do when you start arguing and come to an impasse is leave each other. Go away. Change your clothes. Go to the but, other but room. Don't, but don't don't walk away mad. Don't walk out and slam the door. Just just agree to to let it sit for a minute, and you know, go change your clothes or go for a little walk or something to let the emotion drain away before you continue the conversation. I really like the little phrase, as you know, Richard, that um, of going to the balcony. This comes from Bruce Feiler, who we really like as a parenting expert and marriage counselor. I don't know if he does counseling, but he has some good advice, and that is, if you are in the heat of an argument. Go away and stand on the balcony. So what he's saying is, so you can see the whole picture. Figuratively, just walk away and and see the big picture. Look at the big picture of the whole stage. Why is your spouse, why do they think that? Is that something coming from his family? Is that something coming from his stubbornness? Is that something coming from whatever it is. Well, and mainly just let let yourself simmer down a little. You know, the, the marriage partners say the worst things in the heat of an argument, things they don't mean, and it sort of it spirals, you know. You, you're going to hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. Here's what I think about you, and it just gets worse and worse. Absolutely. So, you know, that's a, poor, that's a kind of communication that I think people don't talk about enough. You need to step away. And just look at the situation and then, you know, even sleep, go to sleep. And then in the morning, things seem so much better. But, but, there, there's, a, there's a caveat there. Don't wait too long because you've got to remember the old adage that our friend Stephen Covey used to say a lot, which was, unexpressed feelings never die. They just get buried and come forth later in uglier forms. And that's really true. So if you... If if you walk away or go to sleep or say, well, let's just agree to disagree and, and that's it, that's a very, very bad solution because those little things will simmer 
and bubble up and they'll come forth in an uglier form. So what we did is we we adjusted that advice that we'd had uh, on the very day of our marriage, never let the sun set on a disagreement. We we revised it to never let the week end with any unresolved things. And we're not just talking about arguments here. We're just talking about things you haven't talked about that you should have or anything that's sort of loose or or unresolved. And, And what we suggest is on Sundays, have a little session. Tell a little how you perceive it, Linda, but it's a time to clear the air. Well, it is a time, and I, I was raised in a home with a dad who was purely a saint. My mom was sometimes a little bit hard to live with, and he just never said anything about it. He just lived through the storm and went on, and I thought that was the ideal. So it was hard for Richard to teach me that you really need to express how you feel. Otherwise, it it does. It just builds up and builds up and then comes forth later in um, explosions that really don't often have to do with what's happening right then. It's the result of something that's unresolved from the past. So on, so. Sunday, on Sunday, get in the habit of having a little meeting, just a two-person meeting, the two of you, where you you know talk about the, maybe the schedule for the week ahead and a couple other things, but also where you have a chance to tell each other you love each other, but also to say, you know, I'm still smarting a little from last Wednesday. Um, I, I think I've got it resolved in my mind. Here's where I come out. And where do you come out? And, and well, get together on it so the week doesn't end with something that's still buried. Well, I like to say this. Uh, I like the sandwich method. I start out with, I just love the way you interact with the kids. You really are so great at taking over and so on. But... I really can't believe that you leave your dishes in the sink all the time and wait for me to put it in the dishwasher. So if you could just do that, it would help me out so much. But I do love you. You know, you kind of do this sandwich. Yeah, you're pretty effective at that, honey, I must say. So it's really all about, uh, you know, give and take and learning from each other, resolving things. Most, Most people who learn how to use communication and prayer and commitment effectively actually will tell you that it was the times they disagreed or the times they each had a slightly different opinion and resolved it. Those are the points of greatest growth and greatest progress within a marriage. So think about these things. Linda, we've got to do another show on marriage one of these days. Watch for it on the schedule. We'll call it Marriage 2. But that's a good start for today. And May you have a good week on the road, and and may we have one also. So good luck with your marriage, and talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. 